0: Welcome into episode one of Rip and Rock, brand new podcast. I'm Rocco Desangro. Ryan Ripkin, dude, this thing's finally off the ground. A couple weeks in the works, and uh, we're getting this thing started. Are you pumped? Yeah, you know, it really felt like it took forever to
2: get here. Now that it's here, you know, I'm pretty fired up. I know we're a little late to the party. We're about a month into the season. But don't you worry. We have so much to catch up on, and we got a lot to talk about, Rock.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. What we're going to talk about on this episode, the Orioles begin the week in Kansas City, wrap up the week in Atlanta against the Braves. We're going to whip around the AL East, talk some baseball here. We're not just talking O's. We're trying to talk MLB as well. Old school versus new school. Your opinions on a certain situation That happened today. We're recording this on Sunday, people, so bear with us. Uh, Rip's Tips, some advice for everyone out there about patience, and we're looking ahead to this very big series at home against the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Ryan, let's jump right into it, man. Orioles, they begin the week with the Kansas City Royals, a very successful series. They end the week with a chance to beat the Atlanta Braves in that series. They open it with a series win because, of course, they did. That's 11-0 to begin the series and those series openers, uh, but they couldn't quite close it out. They dropped the final two games in Atlanta against the Braves. What are some of your biggest takeaways from this series in the ATL?
2: Well, you know what? Just first off that the Orioles so far have been great on the road, you know, and they've been doing what they were supposed to do, especially against teams that they need to beat. Now, yes, of course we look at them and we go, man, we need to sweep Kansas city. But every time you go into a series, you walk away with a series win. That is the most important thing, and honestly, I'll tell you what, that final game in Kansas City was wild. I mean, the fact, I can't tell you how many games, Rock, I've been a part of. 8-1, I think, was the lead. They're up seven, you're feeling good early, and then you lose the lead. I've been a part of games, so many, I can't even tell you how many, where not only did we blow that lead, we lose it and we're just humiliated. So I want to just point out to people, despite all of that, the Orioles had to use up bullpen arms, that stunk. But they won that game. And you can ask any team, no matter what the circumstances, you pull out the W, it doesn't matter. And it showed a lot of grit with the team. And I'll tell you somebody, we'll move into the AL East later, but the Blue Jays would love to have the problem that the Orioles have, to have that resiliency. Because up in Boston, woof. Not not ideal for the Jays up there, but, you know, we, we moved to Atlanta. Dean Kramer, great game one. And really, Rock, the Orioles – could have won all three games, but, you know, unfortunately, that's the way the cookie crumbles. They couldn't close out the last two.
0: No, and that's okay. What this team has proven, obviously, you want to win every game, but in a season as long as the MLB, it's it's impossible to do so. It's never been done, and it probably never will be done. Nope. So, what I think that fans should take away from this series in Atlanta, this this is a team that just won the World Series, what, two years ago? Yep, they are able to compete with the best of the best in baseball. And we weren't sure that opening series, what Boston was going to look like this year. They've gotten hot. Uh, The Yankees, without Aaron Judge, they're still one of the better teams in the league. Um, The teams that they're going to be playing down the stretch, it's only going to get tougher from here on out. I want to ask you about this, though. So, as far as this Brave series goes... There was a play, and we talked about it on our segment Sports Unlimited. Shout out, we gotta, we gotta out, plug Sports that a Unlimited. little bit. Yeah, you gotta just throw yeah.
2: that right in there. Watch it every
0: Sunday night. We'll be doing this weekly. By the way, continue. Around. So, so number one, people might want to get on Felix Bautista for the performance in last night's game or, or today's game. I, I'm so confused with where we're at right now. Yeah, <laughs> as it's you far know as the day. Is... Whenever the game was played exactly. in Atlanta Sunday, on Sunday. Sunday afternoon's game, we'll just go with that. But. I mean, this is a guy that was, I mean, he's been dominant this season. The play I wanted to talk about, though, because I think it was a game decider and a huge factor in the game. Um, Frazier flies out to right field. There's no outs. That obviously creates one out. Austin Hayes is on second, and he takes off for third. Uh, It just so happens that the person in right field who caught the ball uh, is one of the best young talents and has one of the best arms, if not the best arm in the league, and that's Ronald Acuna Jr. He plants, he throws, rope, absolute rope to third. O's. uh One hops it, and Riley tags out Hayes. And just like that, there's two outs. And the Braves, with ease, the O's started with a runner on second. They get out of that inning, just like that. You know, it's, well, first off, Acuna, super talented on the field.
2: Absolute cannon from the outfield. And and I get it. I love the fact that Hayes wanted to be aggressive, but you got to understand the circumstances, especially in extra innings. But I will say this, maybe people don't know this, is that from in the in the professional baseball when the teams on the road with the new rules and the ghost runners, the game goes on, teams try to go for the win on the road, especially like they're not trying to do as much small ball as the game goes on. Now as the playoffs move on, sure, we'll see what happens, right? But as it goes on in these games, it's kind of like an unwritten you know, rule that I've seen. Maybe it's changed, but that's what I've witnessed myself. But in that situation, Hayes has got to be 100% sure. And given the context of it, Acuna, it wasn't that he was off his back foot. He got underneath it, had all of his momentum coming, and threw the ball 150 miles an hour to third base. And the problem is it really deflates your team. But if Hayes stays at second base, he's still in scoring position. You're one bloop hit to the outfield away from scoring that run, and it's a whole different complexion. But then it's two outs, all momentum's gone, and now everything is going towards the Braves' way, and and that's what happened. I don't blame Hayes for wanting to be aggressive, but it's just understanding. I would have rather seen the Orioles get two cracks at trying to drive someone in Rather than no one on and hopefully getting that guy to third base.
0: Now you've been in that situation before, I'm sure, on mm-hmm. second, creating out a third. Is that on your third base coach? Like is that on Tony mansellino right there, or is that on Hayes? Uh did he did he blow a blow a stoplight? Did no. he kind of take it in his own hands well, to kind of go to third? Well, like a what, the situation speed. there.
2: <laughs> Players that have speed. Did you so, have speed? No. Or did you? So run with I, was a ref- to, well, I was about. I was about to you're, go into
0: that. You're a big guy, man. Not like you know, tall guys. So I felt like, did you run with like a refrigerator on your back? Yeah. Okay. That's offensive. I mean, but I'm just saying. I'm but asking you. you're not wrong. Was I built for speed?
2: <laughs> Hell no. I was not at all for. So when we're talking about the situations, yeah. yeah, I was in situations, but I always had they gave the the buckle or you know tap. They like basically anything to say to the entire entire universe, everyone on the field. This dude ain't moving, but. Again, if the ball was back and I could still like you know take a bag, I would. But but point is, really, it is with guys like Hayes who's done it for so long, and he's a good base runner. So I don't want this to look at and going Hayes doesn't know what he's doing. Hayes does know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But it's again understanding in that moment, knowing who's out there, knowing how strong that arm is, knowing where his momentum's taking him. If Acuna's going back and he's off his back foot, absolutely. I mean, it was a bang bang play. I mean, Hayes really did get a good jump, but Acuna did everything right. And that's what you're scared of in those situations. It's just you got to be, I'm a thousand percent sure I'm getting in there. So, I, in my mind, I think Hayes took it upon himself. I don't think it was anything like the third base coach.
0: Yeah. And don't listen, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not putting the blame on Hayes. Oh, no, no, no. We're for, just... for the loss of this game. But I just really thought that was a deciding factor in that game. And it, you know, if it goes the right way, if he holds up, if uh, I believe that the next batter right there was Arias. If he drives him in, we're talking about a much different situation, uh, right there. And then the O's had the lead, but it, it didn't fall their way. By the way, I got on you for being slow. My nickname, freshman baseball, immediately my baseball coaches called me Slowski, and it hurt me because, like, I was a small, skinny kid, and like, <laughs> I'm—I look like I'm built for speed, but I'm not. Looks can be deceiving, and in my case, they definitely are because, like, I run like I'm in cement. Uh, just cement on my feet. But you right? know it's, what I? You know, bad. I was gonna
2: say you look. You're saying you that you might look for speed. I don't know. You, you look like you got some muscle on you. Trying to hype you up in a different way, just like you're trying very, to put me down. Very, <laughs>
0: but it, very, very flat-footed, very slow, uh, very slow first step. The scouting report on me would be like would be F minus 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 as far as my game. So perfect. I'm just gonna put you, that right out uh, there. You know,
2: I will say this last thing. I think there's a baseball chart, and I actually was doing this on my on my podcast, uh, my own personal one. And you know the baseball charts from Little League, and it says like you know the the shortstop maybe is the best athlete or coach's kid. They put the player in right field that might be <laughs> yep. the slowest or the one you don't want to touch the ball. Then they put the tallest or slowest ki- slowest kid at first base. What was your situation as far as that goes? I was a first baseman, and okay. I was tall, and I was not fast, okay. so it made sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, with the guy that I was interviewing, he was a right fielder. And uh you ever seen the 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 clip uh in the longest yard with uh Brucey he always wants his Brucey's time yeah, to shine Yeah, it's Brucey's time, time to shine. Brucey's time like, to shine. Give me the
0: football. Hike I got Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. So that was yeah. kind of the moments that we're talking about. But anyway, let's get back to baseball. I just wanted to tell you about how
0: not fast I am. That's okay. I'm sorry. I I didn't know it was a sensitive subject. Um, <laughs> keep that in mind for the next time we record a podcast if you decide to come back. Uh, it is called Rip and Rock, so you kind of have to. You're obligated to. Let's whip around the AL East as we go. Tampa Bay Rays, they're the best team in baseball. 28-7 and record. They're on a one-game win streak as we record this. Um, they're just unbelievable right now. And the start they were on was just fantastic. It really looks like there's no slowing them down, but the O's – have a chance to do that and kind of not sl- stop this team in their tracks, but slow them up a little bit. Then you have the Orioles in the AL East. Uh, five and a half games back. They're on a two-game losing streak. It's okay. They played a really good team in the Braves, 22-12 and 12 overall. Much different vibe than where they were last year. No Following doubt. that, you got the Blue Jays. The O's have a series with them coming up as well down the line. Uh, a few of them, obviously, but, but in, in recent weeks. 21-14, uh, seven games back. Boston Red Sox, 21-15, seven and and a half games back. The Blue Jays, they're on a three-game win streak. Red Sox are on a one-game losing streak. Then you got the Yankees, bottom of the barrel. Aaron Judge is hurt right now. They're 18-7. and His timetable to come back, uh, it says here, it's coming into focus, his return date. So that could be next week. That could be two weeks from now. Who knows when Aaron Judge is going to come back at this point in time? Um, We really, truly don't know because we don't have... Don't you love that,
2: t- that timetable, though? It's really really, de- really descriptive and specific. It's coming into focus. Sure, we'll see you in a day, or maybe we'll see you he, in a month. I mean,
0: it says he remains on track to make his return from a hip strain on Tuesday. That's the first day he's going to be eligible to come off the injury list. But you never know what setbacks. And that, I'm just throwing that out there right now because oh, yeah. you truly never do know. As far as the AL East goes, looking at what we have, big picture, I mean, if the season were to end today, the O's are in great position. But... It's early, early predictions, putting you on the spot a little bit here. Who do you have coming out of the ALE? So let's put your money where your mouth is a little bit. Take a look and uh, kind of predict going forward what we're going to see, how this is all going to shape out.
2: Well, I, well, it's going to be very interesting. We'll talk more about the Rays series with the O's specifically, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I said before the season, the bold prediction actually was I, I thought the Blue Jays would win the division and and the Yanks and Red Sox would miss the playoffs altogether. And the Orioles would be in it. And, and right now, I mean, you got to believe that the Orioles are playing as one of the best teams in, in all of baseball. But, man, is the AL East a gauntlet or what? And I this is actually a little fun stat. As of Sunday, as of this podcast, there are four other teams outside the American League East that have 20-plus wins. And then there's four teams alone in the AL East that have 20 wins right now. So put that in perspective. 50% of 20-plus win teams reside in the AL East. I mean, this is the most competitive division in all of baseball. But, yes, I think the Orioles are one of those top teams. I think the Rays are just putting so much distance between themselves. I think it was just going to be a matter of how, how good were they going to be out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And right now, they weren't just good. They were great. So, I still like the Rays' O's. And I'm sticking with the Blue Jays. I still think that they were the most talented team going in. To this season, yeah, and I mean, looking up at as much as as well as the Orioles have played, and the Blue Jays had a rough skid in Boston. The Jays are still sitting at twenty one and fourteen. So with so much baseball left, those are still my three teams: the Rays, O's, and Blue Jays. I think I, I I really do think the wild card teams are going to come out
0: of the AL East. I really do believe that if you look at the top ten teams, three of those teams reside in the al east that's the rays they have the best record in all of baseball you got the orioles with the third best record in all of baseball and then you go down uh two more teams you got the blue what did i say four or three you said three yeah i mean i mean four i'm sorry (laughs) math was never my strong suit man That's uh why i got into communications and journalism it's making a lot more sense as i'm getting to know you yeah so you got (laughs) the red Sox, the blue jays the orioles the rays out of the top 10 in all of baseball it's four teams right there man and you know who's not there right now? It's the New York Yankees, Isn't which that is wild? which is wild to even think about. But like we said, Judge's injury that doesn't help them out at all.
2: No, and I mean I, I, the reality is, too. It, it's so weird actually when you look at the standings and you, you're trying to find the Yankees and you see them at the bottom. Yep. I know, I know in Baltimore, no one's complaining about that. They love seeing it. The rest of the AL East love seeing it, but it is shocking. But at the same time. Despite all their injuries, they're still over 500.
0: I will say this, and it's early, the Orioles could very well be a team of destiny this season, and I say that because of the vibe in the clubhouse and how much these players really truly get along. You look at the Braves two years ago, or whenever it was when they won the World Series. Yep. My my uh, mental mental clock is so off too. I'm really not good at anything, man. But well, it's back to math. The, for yeah, you. they're doing they're doing the wine celebrations. They're doing their wine club. They're doing. Uh, the pearls. Jock Peterson was bringing the pearls into the clubhouse. They had so much fun. Then you look at the Phillies last year. Although they didn't win the World Series, they're playing uh, "Dancing on My Own." That was their song. They're having so much fun. The Orioles with their with their waterworks, SeaWorld, antics, as Brandon Hyde likes to call it, with the sprinkler, the Homer hose, uh, turning on the faucet. That stuff's cool. That stuff goes a long way because you've been in clubhouses where teams don't get along necessarily and you've been in clubhouses where teams do get along. I'm sure you're having that much fun and you're going to probably win a few more ball games if you're having fun with your guys out there. Am I right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just like anywhere you go, if you go into work every day and you love your coworkers, you love the atmosphere. It's something that you can enjoy doing. And then if you can spend more time with them, it just builds this relationship and builds this community where it's just contagious. It's infectious. So It's the same thing on a baseball field, same thing in a clubhouse. When you have guys that genuinely love to be with each other, and these guys do, like they love being around one another. And also they got to go through some really tough times as an organization and then come up through the minors or be up in the bigs. And they got to get through that tough part. They grew together and they're still growing. Mm -hmm. So they're growing and they're having success. And it's just this combination that is so rare but this is something that they needed to do. But I'll tell you what, the biggest question for the O's going into the season was how well would this young team mesh after you know starting off the season? We knew they had talent, but how would it be? Yep. They answered the bell. Now, yes, you can look at that they played teams like the White Sox, the A's, and the um, Royals, the last three teams in ERA and all of baseball. But you did what you were supposed to do. Now this month of May, how many teams do they have under 500? Rock? This month of May? You want to guess? <laughs> I know for a fact right you, now. You just told me, and I don't even
0: know off the top. Of my oh head. god, you're a numbers guy uh, again. I'm not a Woof. numbers guy. Yeah, man. not a numbers. So, I need to see it on paper and try to count it out.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll tell you right yeah, now. Every up.
0: team at this moment in they're playing May, some good teams down this stretch, man. No like one in under- no one in
2: May as of this podcast is under 500.
0: As of this podcast, you got a three game series with the Rays. You got three with Pittsburgh at home. You got four against the Angels and then you go to 3 at Toronto, 3 at New York. And then you got Texas for 3 at home. Those then are all. You go all to Cleveland th- at home. And then that closes out. Wow, May is a long, long long La- Wait, season, yeah, season honestly season. I yeah. thought it baseball. was baseball. It's like maybe not a lot of off days in there, but yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> but the
2: thing is you're looking at their next seven series. It's mm-hmm. all teams that have a winning record and it's all teams that have aspirations to do something this year. We can look at the the Angels have been the disappointing team over the last Few seasons because you're like, well, they have Otani, they have Trout, and why aren't they winning more games? Yeah. Texas spent a ton of money on on uh, all these, you know, players. But the the biggest thing is is that all these teams, besides the Pirates, they all have huge aspirations. But the Pirates are even still a team that's been surprising so far. So this will be a really interesting uh, month, and I'm glad that a lot of people have shown patience with this young team, Rock. Um, which kind of leads me into a little bit of my segment I like to call Little Rip's Tips.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: So can I take you down uh, my rips tips lane here? Absolutely. Perfect. So the topic here is patience. You mentioned it. And and I, I really am preaching. This isn't you I'm gonna be philosophical right here, but in life, it is so hard to get frustrated and to just act really rationally – or not rationally, act irrationally, act on emotion, and act instantane- or instantly. Yeah. So the same thing, if we can try to do this as a, as people to relax and try to t- take it from a bigger perspective and trust that things are going to work their way out, it's the same thing I want to look at when we're talking about players. And specifically, I want to talk about some Baltimore Oriole players. Two of them, we're going to start with Anthony Santander. Everyone was worrying about this guy. Of going, man, should we – what do we do? We have so many players in the minors. He's struggling. Do the Orioles need to make a move? If you want to go back and look at Tony Taters from last April, <laughs> one of the greatest nicknames
0: in baseball. Amazing, by the way. Yeah, right?
2: It's great. So last year, he hit two twenty-ish and had three home runs. You know what he proceeded to do after the month of April?
0: Uh just lead the team in home runs for the season. Yeah, he had thirty bombskies. Yeah,
2: thirty the rest of the way. And I think it was eighty-nine RBIs. I mean great year and what has he done so far to start this month of May he's had a multi-hit game in every single game he's played to start this month he's going to be just fine the other guys Gunnar Henderson where again I know it's not what people are hoping because everyone's expecting this tremendous player to have all the success all the time he's a young player he's only actually registered 80 summit bats and he's still trying to figure himself out but again when you're 21 22 years were you really good at this profession so
0: far when you were getting involved in media, Rob? Dude, no, I sucked. Yeah. I, I, mean, still, I still have room to improve, like a lot of room to improve. But it's like 21, 22 years old. I was in my first year or second year in broadcasting. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And then, yeah, you end up going to Dothan, Alabama, spending six years in Alabama and coming up here. And then, all right, things are getting better because you're starting to find your groove. And that's what I feel like you're segueing into with Gunnar Henderson. While this isn't his first year or two playing baseball as a whole, first? is his first full year in the show. And we're not even a full year through the show for him yet. It's like they just brought this kid up, and yes, he is a kid. I call 21, 22 year olds, and I, I'm not I'm 29. So like it's you're you're still you're a young adult, you're a kid, but to baseball, that's you're you're a kid right now, and he's trying to find his groove, he's trying to find his way. And this dude's under the spotlight because the expectation is Gunnar Henderson, he's gonna run away with the AL rookie of the year this year. Number one he's, can't miss exactly, prospect. Number right now. one can't miss prospect, future AL batting title, maybe an MVP. He's got a lot of pressure put on him and I'll say that say this right now. That is a lot of pressure for a young dude from the south who's coming up here whole different world and playing baseball in Baltimore where people eat, sleep and breathe this sport. Oh, you absolutely. know you know from personal
2: experience. And and last thing with the rips tips and this is maybe this will put someone some some people at ease. I don't really talk as much about with I will tell more stories with my family but for uh, my father, Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. Calvin! That's <laughs> what you like to call B- him. Yeah, big big old Calvin. <laughs> three for, I think it was three for five opening day yep. of his rookie year. And then he went, I believe, something like four for his next 64. Mm-hmm. And he was going into May with seven or eight hits or whatever it was, feeling terrible about himself. And he's thinking, what can I do? And he had a lot of pressure. He felt like he was letting people down. So yep. I just want to point this out to patients. It turned out for Calvin... I believe it's going to turn out well for Gunner. So that is my Rip's Tips segment for this episode. I like
0: that, man. That's, I mean, that's good stuff right there to put that on him in, in, in a good way. Rip, let's talk uh, old school versus new school. You know, my dad, I would like to say, is a very old school type of guy. He also didn't play professional baseball. But he's old school in everything he does. Um, you know, just the way he goes about things, the way he talks to me great dude, but he's just very old school, kind of, rah, 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 rah. like, that's what you think old school sometimes. But when he watches a game, he might be like, all right, this guy's showboating too much. Like, he's going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Was he the coach that said, hey, we need to drill someone? No, he he was not. But like, when you're watching a game, you might be thinking that. So Randy Rosarena, you know, hits a home run off the Yankees. And uh, he gets hit, not once, but two times. And the reason we believe he got hit is because going around third, correct yep. me if I'm wrong, yep. he kind of stops at third, and he folds his arms, kind of leans yeah, back. He does like, that celebration I with us. I this. did that. I did that. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like it's, it's like you're, you're like, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Yep. I thought it was cool and good fun. And it, it's giving young kids, you know, they're looking and they're like, this is cool. The celebrations are cool. No, it's you're not trying to teach showboating and this and that, and I don't think Randy's trying to do that. He's just having a good time. Oh, yeah. But there are people out there that don't agree with that, and they're like, all right, he's going to get one in the ribs the next at bat. And what happened? He got it twice. Whammy. You know, an man. what's Champ Khan say?
2: Whammy. Whammy. And, and he wore it. I mean, the thing is, and I get it, the, the old-school brand of baseball was that You showed someone up, they'd come after you. I know that Tony La Russa had some of that in him as a manager. He wanted to protect his guys. He didn't like guys getting shown up. Even sliding in the second base, taking guys out. I mean, the game's changed, and we've seen it already, not just with how the game's evolved, but the rule changes. Everything has gone to a different different level of how baseball's looked nowadays, but I love your point, Rock. The next generation, how do you get them more involved? How do you get people that want to play the sport – how do you want them to be excited about baseball? It is these types of things. They like the bat flips. They like the celebrations. They like seeing personalities in a game. Yeah. And that is what is happening more. But to your point, some teams and other people are still going to have the, if they take it as disrespect, they're coming after you. And whether you like that or not, that's what we're still seeing in the game of baseball. And I don't think, Rock, it's just going to go away just like that.
0: No, and and I would agree with you there, but I don't think Randy was showing up the Yankees in any way, shape, or form. I think he was just celebrating. Now, if you looked at the pitcher and he pointed to him and he, like, flipped him the bird or said, I just did that to you, or he's mouthing off as he's going around the bases, all right, maybe he's going to get one between the numbers on the next pitch. I mean, that's just how baseball works. It's like the unwritten rule that's Mm going to happen. I mean, you know from personal experiences, I'm sure. But, like, I I just don't agree with, like, hitting a guy for having fun and trying to make the game more enjoyable. Do you want him to run around the bases like a robot and just, you know... I, I don't know. It's I just, great. I just don't. I just don't like it.
2: I, I, I'm with you. Like the celebrations to me don't really bother. And if you really want to get show them up or show them or prove them wrong, get them out next time. Strike yeah. them out. Yeah. That's how you can show them up. The thing that it's we're getting close with DeWander Franco. I don't know if you saw that of him flipping the ball up after the ground ball. Yeah, that was Flipped cool. Flipped it in the air. <laughs> but so like things for that where I go, ah, that might be a little bit extra for me because if if you get it out, it looks good. But if you don't, if I'm the pitcher, I'm pissed. I'm mad because that's a routine play that you should be able to make every time. And Wander obviously felt comfortable enough to do it, but there's a spine line. And I think we're going to continue to see that line pushed. but I, I think it's good for the game to bring more excitement. And however that comes about, I still think like to your point, there's going to be people that it's going to ruffle their feathers.
0: Yeah. And you know what? All power to you. If it does, if you want to watch the, the game that way, I'm not going to tell you otherwise, but that's just my personal opinion. That's just your personal opinion. We're going to go from there. We, we do want to hear your opinions on this show. So please tweet us at Rocco DeSangro, at Ryan Ripkin. Let us know what you think of this whole thing um, and, and share your opinions because we want your feedback because it's going to make this show go so much more smooth, so much better um, because we want to reach out to you guys and hear from you guys uh, as well. So Ryan, let's really dive into this next series before we go. With the Rays. So it was a very, very long road trip for the Orioles, or so it seemed. You had five games, or sorry, four games against Detroit um, with that doubleheader. And then you go to Kansas City. Yep, to Kansas City for three and finish it out three in Atlanta. As a part of a team, as a member of a baseball team, when you guys get to go back to your home stadium, play in front of the home crowd, and not only that, take on the best team in baseball. What's the vibe? How fired up are you? Is there a bit, you know, extra juice behind everything you're doing in that series or in that first game specifically? Like, how do you expect the Orioles to come out in game one against the Rays?
2: Well, I, I think, I honestly, I wish these games were on the weekend. You know, I wish <laughs> because it's really, we thought the Braves uh, Orioles series, to me, if you're a baseball fan, was an unbelievable series. Just great baseball, entertaining and it was two of the best teams currently in MLB. Yep. Now, you just run it back now and the Orioles are one of the best teams right now. Now you're facing the best team and the Orioles have been the little brother actually to the Tampa Bay Rays really over the last few years. And and really unfortunately for the rest of the AL East, but now you're trying to prove yourself and what's what better opportunity that, that you have of coming home playing the best team in your ballpark. And look, it's early. You're going to play them more often, but because the divisional games are less. These ones matter. We we talked a little bit about how the Blue Jays blew some opportunities against the Red Sox and got swept out of Boston. That matters. That hurts. That mm-hmm. could come back to to haunt Toronto if things don't go well. Yeah. The same thing starts now for the Orioles. When you play your division, these are games that you really want to take advantage of, and I'm going to be glued to the, to my TV for these games. I mean, this is, to me, if you're a baseball fan, you need to
0: tune in to this series. Yeah, it's a big one coming up. Big three-game series at home. And if you can get out to the ballpark, I like to tell fans this all the time, go. Don't feel obligated, but show this team some love. They're, you know, we're not allowed to be biased towards the Orioles. I mean, it might be a little little different for you, but like, (laughs) I I gotta be as unbiased as possible. But like, there's nothing better than when you see fans pack the stands and just get that atmosphere. And I think this team right now, they absolutely deserve it. Not only that, with a few wins... A series win, maybe a sweep. If if all goes well, they take three games at home. They're closing the gap a little bit against the Rays, and we were unsure if there was going to be a team able to do that with the Rays' hot start this year. I mean, it's a long season. That's all I got to say. But the way they were playing early, it was like, who can compete with this team right now? So Monday night, you got Kyle Gibson, He's going up against Shane McClanahan, and that is a great pitching matchup right there. I mean, if you love baseball, like you said, you got to be tuning in, especially for game one. Yeah,
2: Shane, for those that don't know Tampa Bay, he really is one of the not just the best, one of the best left-handed arms in all the game. He's one of the best pitchers. And that's the thing. Tampa doesn't always get the recognition of these guys. If you follow on baseball around the league, you might have heard of him, but he truly is a ace for that team. To me, he is just a Solid force for the Tampa Bay Rays and Kyle Gibson. This is kind of the moment. She, this this is a big game for the Orioles. This is their biggest game of the season so far coming up, and you love the fact that you have your veteran is going to be leading off this uh, this series. So um, I, I'm excited. But the biggest thing for Kyle Gibson, you're facing this Tampa Bay lineup that is the number one slugging team. And by the way, slugging is you're doing damage. So they have they're hitting a lot of doubles, triples, and home runs in Tampa. So you're facing one of the most explosive offenses, if not the most explosive offense in all of baseball. It's really going to be a challenge for Gibson uh, come, uh, come this opener.
0: Yeah, McClanahan, he was one of the better pitchers in the American League last year. You, you touched on it. Um, he was in the Cy Young conversation for a bit early on and even midway through the season. Obviously, Verlander ended up winning that. Dylan Cease finished second. But McClanahan, I mean, he, he's a great arm, a great talent. The O's offensively like you said defensively they're going to have to have their best game if they want to take game 1 against the Tampa Bay Rays. That begins tomorrow night, Monday or tonight I guess cuz the podcast is recording on a Sunday. Let's just go with let's just start saying dates. Monday night 6:35 p.m. um we will of course have highlights on Sports Unlimited later that night, but yeah, I'm pumped. It sh- it sh- it's 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 going to be great and again, it's if you
2: can go and I know Tickets, I'll tell you what. Uh, people might think that we, I get tickets free to the games. I don't. So <laughs> I'll tell you. Bulk. I'll tell you. Last year, one of my favorite moments of last season is I got to go watch some of my you know former teammates go play. I went and bought a ticket for like, like ten bucks, maybe. Yeah. Went in there, sat down. You know, it's no offense, but during the week, it's not going to be a sold out stadium. You no. get to go down there, and it's it's almost even more an intimate moment if you can. 10 bucks, you won't regret it. Go see some of the best baseball uh, that you could possibly
0: imagine for the, this first month of May. Listen, that is a wrap for Episode episode 1 of Rip and Rock, and we are so excited to bring you this podcast, and we would love you guys to follow us along um, basically the whole season. We're going to have new episodes dropping every Monday. Uh, the first is dropping right now. I mean, you're listening to it, so we do appreciate you listening. We would like you to download, like, subscribe if you can, rate the podcast, let us know. Share your thoughts with us on Twitter, like I said, uh, or on social media in general. If you guys think we suck, let us know we suck. If you guys think it's good, let us know. We, ap- we really do appreciate your feedback, some constructive criticism, and all that goes along with that. I mean, we're two pretty thick-skinned people, so, so we can, I think we can handle some criticism.
2: Absolutely, and the thing, too, is this is for we want this to be for all of you. And so if there's topics you want to hear about, let us know. Just yep. You can tell us, again, to the point. If you think our performance is subpar, well, don't worry. We're going to get better. I guarantee you on that. But what we want to do is we want to answer and talk about things that you guys want to hear about. You can reach us on our socials, Ryan Ripkin, Rocco DeSangro, and we really appreciate you starting this journey, and, and there is
0: plenty of more to come. I can promise you that. Absolutely. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, really wherever you get your podcasts. So we do appreciate you tuning in for episode one of Rip and Rock. We'll see you guys next Monday.
2: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too.